Every day is an opportunity for you to learn something that sets your home improvement or home services business apart from the competition. Let's make today one of those days. This is a podcast for home improvement and home services marketing. This is Built By. You've got to be adaptable. You've got to find a way to accommodate an uncomfortable customer. If you're not getting the home advisor leads in the first five minutes, you shouldn't even do it. Hopefully we're eating their lunch while they're trying to get back up and running. Hey, what's up, y'all? Matt here with Hatch in another episode of Built By. I think this is episode 25. I can't believe we've made it 25 episodes, which is insane to me because I thought it was like episode 250. feel like I've been doing this for 25 years, you know, running this podcast through a pandemic. You know, I sit here and I talk on this microphone. Um, I'm trying to apply a lot of the principles that I'm learning here. Um, hopefully you're getting some, some value out of this. But all this is to say, like, I want to hear from you guys. And I don't know if I've ever said this, but please email me, you know. If you're listening to this, if you're getting any sort of value out of it, if there's any topics you want to hear, um, I want to be the person that gives you the value that you want. So email me at mattminer at usehatchup.com. You can text me. My cell phone number is 804-317-9265. If you call me, I probably won't pick up. I read a stat recently that said 98% of consumers won't answer calls from businesses or unknown phone numbers. I am within that 98%. I work for a company that has kind of mastered the art of texting for home improvement, so I've got to promote the texting. So let's segue in today's actual episode, Things That Matter. Today I've got Eric Thomas on the podcast. He's the founder of Rival Digital. They specialize in digital marketing specifically for the HVAC industry. And it's kind of different. Uh, We haven't really focused vertical-specific in this podcast yet. Um, if you're a roofer or an exterior guy or a remodeler, don't click away just yet. There's a lot of good things in here that you can take away from this. Today, we're really going to hone in on reputation management. That's not something that we've really talked about, but that's you know a key point for a lot of companies. When somebody does find you online, what are they going to see? What's going to be the thing that sets you apart from everyone else? It's typically reviews, right? If you've got a ton of five-star reviews, they're going to reach out to you without a doubt. If you're kind of hovering between three reviews online and you've got three stars, it doesn't look good. So today we're going to get a little bit technical, a little in the weeds about reputation management and a few other things about digital marketing as it relates to HVAC. But again, this is good content for everyone. I think you can learn a couple things from this. So without further ado, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to kick off the episode. Again, reach out to me. I would love to hear your feedback. I'm doing this for you guys. I want to make sure that you're getting value out of these. So um, the more feedback I get, the better I can kind of fine tune it and make sure that this is something that's helping you in your day to day. So I'm going to go ahead and kick the episode off. This is Eric Thomas with Rival Digital. Enjoy. Home services are never going to go anywhere. Um, everyone's always going to need something fixed at their home. They're going to try to go on YouTube and figure it out themselves. Sometimes they figure it out. Other times they don't. And then they end up calling someone anyways. So there's always going to be a need for that. Whereas there are these other you know, career fields and there's these other industries um, 
that are a little bit more trendy. We're seeing one right now with like CBD. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, I got to hop on this CBD marketing trend. Well, yeah, CBD might be a long-term thing, but has it been around for hundreds of years? No. Will it stay around for hundreds of years? Who knows yet? So there's always going to be a need for your appliances and your HVAC systems and your electrical to be fixed. Uh, so that's really what interests me uh, about the industry is that it's never going to really die off. Mm-hmm. So, so were you in HVAC before you got in? I know you mentioned you were in marketing before HVAC, but um, what kind of drew you to home service? I mean, other than, I guess, you know, the, the fact that it's ever present and um, there's a need for it all the time, but um, was there something else that kind of drew you to it specifically over t- over like, you know, home improvement, windows and doors and that sort of thing? Yeah. So I did, I did work an apprenticeship for a big HVAC company uh, in mm-hmm. this area for a couple summers. Um, that wasn't really anything hands-on. It was more or less a summer job at the time. Uh, but I was really drawn to it because uh, I just enjoyed the work. I'm really into like the hands-on side of work. I enjoy doing home renovation projects myself. Uh, I enjoy building things myself. So I've always been kind of drawn to like the hands-on type of work. Uh, I, I did go to school for marketing. Um, so it made sense for me to really to just take the the hands-on passions that I like, which are uh, carpentry and woodworking and all that stuff, and then mix it with what I'm actually uh, got the hard skills or the soft skills for, uh, mm-hmm. which is the marketing. Great, man. Yeah. It's not very often you find people that majored in marketing or in marketing. It's usually like some, like I was a journalism fell into marketing and yeah. I know other people are just like kind of crazy paths there. So that that's cool. You kind of stuck with it. Um, yeah. When it comes to, I guess, HVAC in general versus everything else, what is it that sets that apart from another home improvement? Um, is it the the type of, I guess, on the type of marketing and I guess a little bit on the business side, is it more of those like emergency-based leads or or is it, you know, something other than, than that? Uh, well, as far as like what I enjoy about it or like about the actual trade that's different. Well, in terms of the marketing side of things. So when yeah. you, yeah. So when you think of like windows and doors, you can probably, you know, you see Facebook ads of like, Hey, we redid this home versus you don't see that much with HVAC. We, we redid this duct. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess with the marketing, um, you know, with windows and doors, as long as they'll close, people can typically live without for a little bit. Mm. If, Sorry, the dog's barking. That's all good. <laughs> um, if if your HVAC goes out and it's thirty degrees, all good. If, all good. if it's thirty if it's thirty degrees outside, um, and your heat pump quits working or your furnace quits working, you're going to be pretty miserable. Uh, so, mm-hmm. being able to have someone on call twenty four seven, maybe not always twenty four seven. I know a lot of companies market twenty four seven, but it's not entirely the, the whole day. But yeah. being able to be on standby and capture those leads when someone calls you at 1030 at night or goes to your website and fills out the chat widget at 1030 at night saying, you know, my heat my my uh, heater went out and my house is freezing. Yeah. They're not going to want to go a few weeks or months like you would with a door or a window. They're going to want that fixed probably the next day. Hmm. Gotcha. So it's really time-based leads and, and getting your business in front of them at the correct time that they have yeah. the need. Yeah. I mean, and that really is, that is true for really for all marketing. It's, you know, getting 
the right message in front of the right people with the right offer at the right time. That's marketing in a nutshell. So mm-hmm. um, being able to know how to capture those leads when they come through and then also being able to close those leads. That's really the bigger thing uh, that I see a lot of HVAC companies struggle with. They don't always have a hard time getting that lead, um, but sometimes they aren't really ready for, oh crap, the lead actually came in. Now what? How do I close this lead? So uh, being able to capture the lead and close the lead is really super crucial. Yeah, that process there. So let's say that I am a HVAC company, um, you know, or no, let me turn the tables. I'm a homeowner. My heater goes out. It is cold here in Virginia. You're over in Newport News. I'm in Richmond here. Um, I go online. I type in, I need my heater fixed. And then um, I see a bunch of companies. In your opinion, what is it that sets the the best companies apart from the other ones when it comes in online? Let's on that first page of Google or, you know, um, whatever anybody's using to find a, to a repair tech. I think what sets them apart is understanding their own sales funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, so your heater quits working and you Google searched uh, heater quit working. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very kind of a general search <laughs> query. So, so being able to understand <laughs> that um, when someone goes in and searches heater quit working, that's very low intent. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not a, you know, very, I guess what you could say is a, a broad match search term. Right. Um, so you need to understand that that lead is going to be a little bit higher up in the funnel. So if you do capture that lead, you need to understand, okay, they aren't even at the shopping phase yet. They're just at the phase where they know that they have a problem. Uh, whereas when you get the search query, um, water heater repair services in Virginia beach, Virginia, or Ream Water Heater uh, Repair Services in Richmond, Virginia. That person's all the way down here. Like they already know I have a Ream Water Heater. It quit working and I need it fixed. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand like that's probably if you're running ads, that cost per click is probably going to be a little bit higher um, because it's um, way farther down in the funnel. Uh, so just being able to understand and have the awareness uh, in the, the back end of your business where that user's at in the buyer journey. Interesting. So targeting those specific keywords is a really great play for the, not only the paid ads, but also on the SEO side. So um, is it, is that a two pronged approach that you usually coach your clients on when they come to you is you got to have it in both realms? Yeah. um, So there's really four big things that we focus on with keywords. Uh, There's volume, there's competition, there's focused, and then there's cost. And the cost is really for paid advertising. Uh, so before you do any type of ad campaigns or SEO, you need to sit down and do some thorough keyword research on, you know, what are we going to target, you know, before we do anything else. And that really goes back to your business goals. Um, but what are we going to target? So we'll check out the volume. So if the volume's low, then typically the competition for that word is low. The cost will be lower and the conversion rate will be higher, but the focus is also lower, or I'm sorry, the focus is higher. So when the volume's low on a long keyword, like Ream Water Heater Repair, Richmond, Virginia, the volume for that's going to be very thin, usually 10 to hundred a month, because not very many people are going in Google and typing that. Whereas with a keyword like water heater repair, there's probably thousands, probably a thousand to 5,000 a month for that. 
So with those less specific keywords, you're going to have more competition. You're going to have every other service company in your area searching for it. The focus is much lower because they're only, they have only searched for water heater repair. They don't know actually what they need. It might just be a repair, which could just be a couple hundred bucks in your pocket, or it might be fully blown. They don't really know what the deal is. Uh, and so for that, the cost is going to be higher because you're competing with so many more people. So understanding from the get-go before we start any advertising campaigns or before we start doing any type of optimization of your website, what are your goals? What's your sales process look like? And what's your really what's your budget? Because if you have a huge budget and you're only looking for high qualified, ready to buy leads for someone that's searching, um, how much does a Ream 40 gallon water heater cost? That person knows what they want. So being able to capture that lead might cost you a little bit more money, um, but that's going to be a, you know, a 1600 to $3,000 job maybe. Uh, yeah. Whereas someone who's just saying my, my water's not hot, they just might need something repaired. So that yeah. might not, that might not be a huge ticket job. So you want to make sure that that cost per click and also that cost per lead is lower uh, for search queries like that. Cause if your cost per conversion is, you know, 55 bucks and someone's doing a, $110 job, you're not really making a huge profit margin there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Yeah. The more specific, the hotter the lead, I think. And it's, it's a much oh, yeah. easier, it's much easier to sell from the get go. So oh, yeah. that's interesting on that, on that keyword piece. Um, you know, turn changing gears a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about um, reputation management. And I know this is something that I don't think we ever talked about rival digital and you guys. So I'd love to hear a little bit about rival digital before we dive into that and, and what you guys have going on and, and some of your services there. Yeah. So, so rival digital is a full service digital marketing agency for residential HVAC contractors. That's exclusively who we service. We, uh, we don't do commercial. Um, we don't do, uh, just plumbing. Uh, we don't do electrical. We don't do any of those other home services. We just do HVAC. Uh, if the HVAC company offers plumbing, we'll still service them. Um, but for the, our bread and butter is, is residential HVAC contractors. Um, so we offer website design, SEO, pay-per-click, social media, reputation management, and we also do local listings management as well. Nice. It's convenient you do reputation management because I wanted yeah. to make that a big topic today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So again, going back to that, that, you know, that, that scenario of somebody finding you online, um, you know, what I hear a lot of times is uh, people trust online reviews more than anything else when it comes to buying decisions. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I've bought things off Amazon. I always scroll down to see what people say about it before I buy it. So when it comes to someone's HVAC business, um, how do you go about, you know, keeping that top of shape, um, you know, making sure that it looks good to a customer? Well, first and foremost, you need to make sure you're replying to all reviews, good or bad. Um, because the review section of any listing, it could be Google, uh, it could be Yelp, it could be Facebook, where, anywhere you can get a review. It's a spectator sport. Um, you know, you could have had a customer and it totally went wrong and, you did the best you could, but they're still, they still weren't happy and they get on there and they slander you. You still need to get on there and at least make some type of blanketed response, even if you don't actually alleviate the situation. Um, because people are reading those and if you don't respond, then it just makes you look bad. Um, so the first step I would always do is make sure that all their reviews, good or bad, are responded to. Yeah. It's like a, uh, 
it's like negligent, I think, if you see bad reviews and, and nothing's responded to. On yeah. the on the on the flip side of that, you can see people that respond to negative views reviews a little bit too harsh, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, where they get a little bit too in depth. Um, yeah. So when you say like a blanket, like let's say you're responding to a, a negative review, what what is how do you coach your clients on that? Yeah. Uh so, well, if, if I'm responding to it, I'll usually work with the client ahead of time to understand, um, one, what happened with this customer? Were they a trouble customer? Was it just a bad fit and they were, it just wasn't something we could actually fix? Or did we actually mess something up for this customer's experience with us? Like you get, you get the full story first, make sure that you understand what you're talking about and then go on there and create something that's, uh, one addresses the situation head on um, so that when customers are reading it, they get the actual, the two sides of the story. Uh, two is worded delicate, delicately enough so that um, you aren't being harsh and you aren't starting a fight uh, because that is something a lot of owners will do because it's their business. This is their, it's their livelihood. Obviously they're going to want to defend it. And so that's where you're saying some people reply kind of harshly. Well, that's just because they're, they take it personally. Um, and so, yeah, making sure that the response is, uh, addresses the situation head on is worded delicately enough so that it doesn't, uh, trigger this customer to come back and start fighting with you. Um, and then offers a resolution. So if someone got on there and said, uh, Bob ripped me off, he did a terrible job. My heat's still not working. I've given these guys 2,500 bucks and I still am so uncomfortable in my home. Well, you get on there and you say, okay, well, you address the situation. We're sorry to hear that you've had a negative experience with our company. Then you go in there and you word your side of the story. When we got to your home, your equipment was outdated with the new AC unit that we installed. We offered you to replace the other equipment so that it would be compatible and you did not accept that service. So you're telling your side of the story. You're not being like, hey, screw you, dude. Like <laughs> you didn't listen to us. You're telling him, and you're telling everyone reading, because this is a spectator sport, remember, you're telling them what happened in a factual manner. And then at the end, you say, please give our office a call, uh, and we would love to make this situation right. Or you could say, send us a DM with a, a phone number that we can contact you at. That way, the customer, at least there's a note there where for those reading it, they'll be able to see and say, okay, these guys at least attempted to correct the situation. Mm -hmm. um, even if that customer never calls you and even if you never get back out there to fix it, the people who are reading it will at least see and know, okay, these guys at least tried to make things right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, you, you know, nothing kind of necessitates a review more than a bad experience. And I think that's why so many companies have a propensity to like capture all of these negative reviews because an angry customer is going to take action and, and do something. So on the flip side of that, how can HVAC companies be more um, proactive whenever um, they do a project, the customer has a great experience, everything's working fine, um, that they can kind of usher them towards their review sites? So I think the most important housekeeping item for this is to make sure you have some type of automated review solicitation platform in place. Um, there's, there's plenty of great tools out there. <laughs> um, um, 
So yeah, making sure that when that customer's done, they at least get some type of text message or email that says, thanks for being a great customer. How about leaving us a review? Um, but I've found with, with at least with some of my clients that customers don't always reply to those. They don't always check their emails. They usually see the text message and they ignore it. So training your technicians to have that personal uh, connection with the customer and say, personally, face-to-face with the customer, you know, I'm glad I could help you today. It would mean a lot to me if you went on Google and left us uh, a five-star review, if you were happy with your service, Um, because that will usually garner way more positive results than an automated message. So that on top of the message will really help because you get the, the personal connection, him saying, please leave us a review. Boom. They get an email or a text message and there's a link attached to it. And then they go and they click on it. And then now they're ready to leave the review. They know how to, they've got all the tools they need to, uh, to leave a review. Great, man. Yeah. That's uh, it's, kind of covering all of your bases. I think that's extremely yeah. important, that side of things. Yeah, and this, so, go ahead. one more thing. I was actually uh, talking with an HVAC owner this morning and they have like friendly competitions with their technicians. So, oh, really? Yeah, so like for every five-star review that their technician gets, they get like a $50 gift card. Um, so it gives the technicians more of an incentive to get that customer to leave a review. Um, so getting, you know, doing things like that because – those reviews do go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ROI on a positive review is so much more than 50 bucks. I mean, that's yeah. every, every potential lead is going to have their eyes on that. So that yeah. that's pretty interesting. Pretty cool little, little contest there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, speaking of that, getting life out of re- your reviews, other than just having it sitting there on your, on your, your Google page or your Facebook or your, um, I guess, Angie's list, you know, things like that. Um, how can HVAC companies and marketers um, get more life out of those reviews? Is it, you know, Instagram posts? Is it, you know, promoting on Facebook? Is it, you know, putting it in brochures, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, one, you should have all your reviews listed on your website um, because people are going to go look at it. And as a matter of fact, if, if I pulled up the, uh, the analytics for, any of my clients right now, I guarantee you one of the top five pages on all their websites is going to be that testimonials page because uh, people go there and they read that. So making sure you have those on your website via a widget or you just handwrite them on there and or screenshots, however you want to go about doing it, just making sure they're on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, repurposing them across social media. So you can make uh, go on Canva and make a template of a graphic uh, for mm-hmm. testimonials and then, once or twice a week, just mix that into your content marketing strategy uh, for for Facebook and for Instagram. Uh, it's easy content to make, and it just gives your brand more validation. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. The website piece is interesting to me. Um, so you you recommend when you're helping clients build websites, or I know you guys design websites on your end too. Um, you you recommend building a separate testimonials page um, for those to live on specifically. Yeah, absolutely. And and Google even has, this is going to get a little techie, Google has APIs uh, that you can use to tie in with your website. So when someone leaves a review on Google, it automatically populates onto your website. Uh, and there's no direct ranking signal there, uh, but some SEO professionals out there tend to believe that it may help. Mm, interesting. So yeah, man, um, 
there's one last question I'd like to ask every guest. Um, I think it's been a great episode, but I love to end with last tip before we dip. So what's the number one tip you're giving your clients right now when it comes to marketing um, that, uh, you know, that they're using and applying to their business today? Ooh, well, um, I'm going to go with two tips. Uh, one, make sure that you have someone in your office or an agency that is monitoring, um, data, customer data. And when you're marketing, uh, cause there's a, in more and more laws are being passed now for data privacy, uh, and making sure that the advertisements that you're running, the contests that you're running and all your marketing messaging is in compliance with those data privacy laws, um, is huge because the last thing you want is for someone out there to look for an easy way to make some money and try to sue you for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so making sure that you're, you know, you're on top of all that stuff, uh, especially with advertising on Facebook and Google. Um, other than that, I would say the big thing I'm telling a lot of clients right now is um, on the website in Google is making it more and more important uh or putting more importance on the user experience of your website. Uh, and as a matter of fact, in May, they're going to be releasing an algorithm update, which will benefit websites who uh, have passed these core web vitals tests. So that's a very long and, and fancy way of saying, make sure your website loads fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that in May, when they roll out that algorithm update, your website benefits from it because uh, from everything that I've been reading right now, and I've been keeping up with this day to day, is that it's going to going to handsomely benefit whoever is on top of that right now. So if by mid-April you haven't gotten your website uh, up to par with those core web vitals, you're going to want to make sure you get on it. If you need help figuring it out, make sure you uh, contact me because <laughs> I can help you make your website fast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a great transition, man. Um, yeah. I'd, you know, uh, for any listeners that want to learn a little bit more about Rival Digital and you guys, um, where, where should they go? What, what should they check out? Uh, they should just go to our website, rivaldigital.com. Uh, you can find pretty much everything there. There's links to our social media and whatnot there. Uh, we have a podcast called the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, which uh, you were one of our first guests on the show. So uh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Talking about rehash. Get some, <laughs> yeah. Get some more stuff about hatch and go there. Um, but we are, our, our, our interview or our podcast interviews HVAC owners on marketing. So uh, if you're an HVAC contractor or an HVAC business owner out there and you're just looking for some marketing ideas, that might be a decent resource for you to listen to. Um, but yes, you can contact us on our website, rivaldigital.com. Great, man. Well, Eric, thanks so much for joining me. That's all the questions I had today. Um, I think there's a ton of cool stuff in here. Um, that The webpage speed thing, I got to go look up myself. Yeah. <laughs> I got to make sure we're up to par there. That's, yeah. a, that's a good point to make. Yeah, I'll send um, you the link to it. Yeah, perfect. I'm going to drop the link in the uh, YouTube description as well and, and on our page where this is posted. So awesome. again, Eric, thanks so much for joining, man. Until next time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs>